0: It's 8 o'clock. It's time for Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. We're going to hold for a few minutes because we are waiting for the throngs of audience to spill into MutinyRadio.fm because tonight it is decompression. I've been to Burning Man comedy. We've got six comedians tonight that have all been to Burning Man in the past, and they're going to talk about it. Oh, I know you say all your Burning Man stories are so boring, and I say no, that's not true at all. We've got a man on roller skates. I've got stories about cutting my finger off on acid. It's going to be great. Stay tuned, everybody. Uh, we've got Mike Spiegelman running the ones and twos tonight. Uh, wishing David Zunzu uh, good luck as he is a chess tournament judge tonight. He's one of the smartest people alive. And isn't that amazing? Big thanks to Jonathan Moore, who's going to run the door today. And we're going to get back to Pam Das's Comedy Clubhouse in just a minute. Please enjoy the dulcet towns. Tones, dulcet tones of floating goat melting your face off every Friday here on Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Clubhouse. It's Friday night and it's time. It's time for the decompression show. Yes. I've been to Burning Man. It's absolutely true. Welcome, fellow Burners. Uh, I have not been for 10 years. The last time I went was in 2007. But I'm an old Burner. I went in 2002, 2003, and 2007. I actually bought a ticket in 99 but was not able to go because I had a drug test. Uh, So I was not able to go to Burning Man because, my goodness, trying... To go to Burning Man without doing drugs is like trying to come to Fantastics Comedy Clubhouse and not being high. Uh, hey everybody, I got a vape pen. If you guys like to smoke pot, you can do that inside. As long as we all agree that we're all adults and everybody can smoke pot. Are we all adults? Can everybody smoke pot? Great. Is everybody okay? We all give the okay? Good. So if you guys want to smoke pot, bring it out. It's totally fine with me. I'm gonna smoke vape. We'll smoke up some, spark up some bowls too and we'll pretend that it's Burning Man. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Burning Man! Uh, I'll start out with a fun story about 2003 when I was there and the people next to me built the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. It's called a dirty, nasty sex box. Oh yes, my neighbors built a huge, almost like a garage. It was like 10 foot walls and it was just a box and it opened at the front and uh, they invited couples in and they did dirty, nasty things in the box. And at the end of the week, they burned it. Of course they burned the box. And whatever happened in the box stayed in the motherfucking box. So I was all uh, a little bit miffed because at that year, I was with uh, my then husband. We we're now ex-husbands. Uh, please don't go to Burning Man unless you're in a really committed relationship and you want to get married or you want to fuck a bunch of people. Yay! <laughs> don't go with your significant other. You're just going to fight. Uh, our first fight was about not being invited into the Dirty Nasty Sex Box. I was like trying to hint at our neighbor friends that boy, my husband and I would love to go into the Dirty Nasty Sex Box and they did not invite us. They invited the people that were with us who did not want to come into the Dirty Nasty Sex Box and then we got it, my ex-husband and I got in a big fight about it because I was like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so square that they wouldn't let us in the box? He's, uh, he's my accessible little square. Uh, that was a really fun year, though, in 2003. I showed up before my camp and I set it all up by myself. That's not true. I met a bunch of people. I met the Cosmic Swami. Yeah, she was a lady who had alopecia. She had no hair uh, and she was awesome. And she taught me uh, how not to judge. Girls uh, that are skanky with their titties hanging out. I uh, was, we were, we were walking together to go up to the top of the man. It was, uh, it was a Tuesday. It was early in the week, and uh, we were going there. We're in someone's fuzzy art car, and this girl comes up and she gets on the car and she takes off time. She's like, what's ah, Burning Man!" And I got all like, "Oh, Burning Man!" Blah, blah, blah. He's a comedian. He's free, uh, and so I, 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 I get all kind of like, "Oh," uh, and she says to me, "Pam, we're not." here to judge everyone expresses themselves differently and you need to respect her desire to show everybody her titties and I was like learning <laughs> uh, it, uh, and then I ended up showing my titties later that week too it was fun. Uh, you just got to do it before Thursday before all the weekenders come in and start taking your picture without permission that's that's fun uh, I, I got painted in a latex tent that was really fun I made myself into a, um, a, a, what's it called, a Wonder Woman, back before it was cool, before she fought Nazis, right? Uh, And I I painted the boots on with latex, and uh, it was really a problem because I don't shave my legs. (laughs) So that was, it was a peeling exercise later. Oh, I felt like I was, yeah, it felt like wax, but it wasn't. And it actually just hurt, and I didn't lose any hair. So everybody loses. Yay. Uh, but I did paint my boobies, and people took pictures of me, and I was like, meow, meow, don't take my picture without permission. But it's Burning Man now. You can do that, I guess, whenever you want. Uh, anyone else have their titties on Facebook? Burning Man pictures all over Facebook? Does Facebook doesn't let you do that. Facebook doesn't let you show titty pictures, do they? That's true. Not until somebody reports it. Right. And if you have the right people, no one will report it. That's true. Yes. Really? It was a great pictures of titties. Yeah, they're everywhere. I was
1: in the tree. You were in the tree. I was on a lot of acid? Yes. I was in the tree and someone took a picture and then got texted to me through the grapevine. That's yes. that's
0: amazing you get to have the, you were in a tree. You love Burning Man. It's a lot. uh I uh <laughs> I I took a lot of ecstasy. I took a lot of ecstasy at Burning Man in 2007. And uh, that was only so that I could use the porta potties. You know what I mean? Like that's the only reason I was taking so much of it is that every time I just I had to be on ecstasy if I was in that porta potty because otherwise it's a huge problem. You know when that? It's it, you have to be on a lot of drugs to think that huge pile of poo that's almost touching your body is beautiful. You know, you're like, what a glorious event right now. This is such a beautiful moment for me. I'm in the porta potty on ecstasy. Uh, I, in, in 2007 i unfortunately went to burning man and I, I i went which was not unfortunate but at the time i had a boyfriend at home which was unfortunate so i did not get to have as much fun as i wanted to uh, and i was invited into a nitrous tent anyone have been into a nitrous tent yeah right it was like seven seven uh tanks of of uh pharmaceutical grade nitrous dentists they were a bunch of dentists i got invited into this wonderful thing there was it was just like, it was a fluffy cuddle party everywhere, uh, but not for me because I, I didn't get to have as much fun as I wanted. I just got to watch everyone else making out. Yay! Because I had a boyfriend in 2007, boo. Go to Burning Man single. That's, like the, that's the lesson of this one. Uh, in 2003, I took a lot of acid and decided one morning after being super high that this is the perfect time to cut watermelon. What a great <laughs> idea. High on acid at 10 in the morning. Let's get some sharp knives and cut some watermelon. (laughs) Yeah! Bad idea. I cut off the top of my thumb. Uh, Thank God I was staying with, uh, I was camping with a bunch of veterinarians. And so they were like, "Do you, they're like, do you want us to sew it up? We can sew it back on." I'm like, "No, there's no lidocaine here. Like, no, we can inject you with some lidocaine." I'm like, "What is wrong with you people? I thought you had co- we should have just dipped it in cocaine, and that's an analgesic, and that would have been the way to go." But no one has powdered cocaine at Burning Man. You put it in an Afrin bottle, dummy. It's like, duh, because then it doesn't. It keeps it moist while it's in your face. Also, it's hard to. You know, it's, it's hard to do drugs within a windstorm. So even when you're in your tent, and it's hard to tell the difference between playa dust and cocaine after a while. So does it matter? Does it matter? I know I've heard that you can actually scrape the playa dust off your body later, uh, save it in a jar and then cut that into lines six months from now and you'll get high just like you did at Burning Man. That might or might not be true. Although I think that the Playa dust, after everybody's peed on it, even though they're not supposed to, uh, there's so many drugs still in that urine that if you desiccated it and snorted it, you'd be fine. You'd, you'd at least you'd at least get some kind of buzz. Yay. Uh, so I did cut, cut the top of my finger off, and uh, that was a lot of fun. But it's, it's back because I kept it clean. That was the cleanest I've ever been at Burning Man <laughs> it was this one thumb. After cutting it off, I also came up with a great idea uh, for an art project that never came to fruition. You guys know this. Everyone has a great art idea for an art project when you get out, get out there, right? So I wanted to go way out into the wilderness and dig beneath the sand, like, or the playa, just like, you know, two centimeters, and then take carpet remnants and make a huge carpet so that you'd walk up and suddenly be like, oh my God, there's this huge carpet. And at each end of the carpet, there would be a nitrous uh, cracker that would be attached to a, to a chain so that you could sit on the carpet and crack nitrous and do it and look up at the sky. Because everyone knows that if you've been doing acid for three days and you do some nitrous, you're right there! <laughs> and the clouds are so pretty, wow! Why are there so many dicks in the clouds?
2: <laughs> like,
0: how did that happen? Oh, that's right, I went to Burning Man and I had a boyfriend at home. Dumb. <laughs> Again, that's a fun, dirty, nasty sex box. Here we come. God, I I can only dream of what happened in that box. Uh, One year, uh, my friend also decided to become a fire breather, as we all do on a Sunday when everything's burning. Oh, yeah, got some 151. Let's just start spitting fire. That sounds like a great (laughs) idea. So my buddy decided to do that. Three successful, enormous fireballs. Everybody's like, this is so easy. We should all try it. Until his fourth fireball, where he... But he got it on his face and it came back into his face and it lit his face on fire. (laughs) So uh, he went to the tent and uh, came back and said, oh, I am the most normal person in that tent. He told us the stories. I've never been to the med tent uh, because I don't want to see everybody overdosing (laughs) like this. Just not something I want to do. I almost died in 2007. There was a big windstorm. I don't know if anybody was there for 2007 on a Thursday. There was an enormous windstorm. And uh, I was cooking in the kitchen. I was making pot brownies in the middle of the day because you know that's what you do. And uh, I was with a really large camp. Uh, We built the um, the oil derrick with the praying people around it, and you could walk to the top. Anyways, 2007. It was a big thing. The fireworks were better than the man itself. It was really a great project. I don't know if you guys were there. Anyways, so uh, I was part of this camp, and oh, where was I? I got the now I got lost with the camp, and then the. Okay, I'm gonna switch gears. So um, I got to run perimeter when the thing was exploding and I'm gonna teach you guys my favorite pro tip about Burning Man. It's all about gallon Ziploc bags. So what you do as a woman, is you flip the gallon (laughs) Ziploc bag over and you put your hands in the plastic so you don't get any pee on your hands, right? And you stick it right up against your twat. Now the beauty is if you're wearing a skirt, you can actually do this while you're running the perimeter and people don't even know you're peeing. So I was wearing a cheerleading skirt, I took my underwear off, I took my plastic bag, I stuck it right up to my twat, and I peed in front of everyone. Yay! Yay, gallon Ziploc bags! you seal it up, you dump it later. Uh, Where I like to dump all my, I, I can't do porta potty so I was kind of pooing in a bucket and uh, then double bagging those and putting those in bags underneath the car. And then on the way home in Folsom, you just go to the Safeway because they don't put a lock on their um, dumpster. And so then I just put a bunch of human waste in a dumpster in Folsom. But isn't Folsom just a, a dump of human waste anyways? Like as a town, isn't that what it is on the way back? It, I'm sorry if anyone's from Folsom. Uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. This microphone here is for you, audience members. We're going to punctuate our stories with your stories. So if you have a Burning Man story that you are burning to tell on the radio, this microphone is for you. So think about your stories and decide if you want to come up. Uh, before we start Fantastics, we always sing a fun little song. Those who know how it goes, sing along with me. M-U-T-I-N-Y comedy clubhouse comedy clubhouse. Comedy. comedy clubhouse comedy Clubhouse Together we will bring our jokes up high high hi high, high. High. <laughs> I'm still using a vaporizer yeah. and I and I still cough M-U-T-I-N-Y comedy clubhouse. You wanna come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! Come inside my dirty Nazi sex box! Yay! All right, I don't see Chris Volker here. So he was going to be our first comedian, but we are going to we have a special guest all the way from Chico, yeah. California. He's a comedian who has been to Burning Man in 2011, 2013. Yes. And that's it. Okay. Yes, that
2: is great. Everybody
3: Thank you all so much. Give it up for Pam, everybody. We really appreciate this. Like, I will admit that I saw, I saw this, uh, this show happening on Facebook, and I was so excited to throw my name in. I, she even just said, like, hey, have you ever been to Burning Man before? And I was like, yeah. I went to yours. She was like, do you want to perform? And I went, shit. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'll come perform. That's fine. Uh, I'm down with it. Um, so how many people here have been to Burning Man? I know, I'm sure she asked this question. Oh, okay, cool. At least I'm talking to my people. That's great. Um, so I went, my first year was in 2011. Uh, it was the first year that tickets sold out. So I got freaked out. We had to, I almost got like uh, Nigerian prince scammed twice for, for my ticket, but we eventually found somebody, but the, tic- the second ticket didn't arrive until Tuesday of, like the festival was already going on. We got our second ticket. Like I ran out to meet the UPS guy in nothing but boxer shorts. Cause I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't expect you to show up before 9 a.m. Okay, cool, great. Boxing shorts it is. I mean, I guess for Burning Man it works out. Uh, but it was, it was cool, and we, we didn't have a car, so I ride-shared it. Found somebody on Craigslist that was going Tuesday of as well, which is insane. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think anybody was going to go that late. And we jumped in the car with him, and he's like, oh, no, I've been like 10 years. It's going to be great, but I decided to go a different route this year and we drove for about four hours, and then we passed the sign that says, Welcome to Oregon. Oh, no! <laughs> and we, bo- we all three just kinda like looked at each other, was like, shit. Um, cool, I guess it's gonna take us 10 hours to get there instead of five. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but we got there Tuesday night, it was fantastic. I set up my tent in the dark. Uh, I had a bunch of friends from Chico and San Francisco all combined together. We had a camp called the Neon Monkeys. It was awesome, set up my tent in the dark, uh, so therefore stakes were in the wrong places, not actually through the holes of the tent on two out of the four. Uh, but I got to watch the sunrise uh, from the second story of the temple that year, so that was a great introduction, introduction to the playa. Um, and that same night got to walk to uh, one of the big stages on 10 and G and saw my friend sing Live on stage with flamethrowers going off right when she hit a super high note. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. It was wonderful. And then we ran into a quesadilla cart, like a food truck, and they would. They, you walked in with like, hey, can I have a quesadilla? They're like, only if you get five people to come up here and order a quesadilla as well, will you get a get a quesadilla. I got twenty people, still didn't get my quesadilla. Um, <laughs> Till at some point, two guys walked around with just like little pieces of quesadillas and are like, "All right, I think about fifty of you have been waiting for about two hours." Here you go. It was great. Uh, and then on on Wednesday, I you know started kind of like you know figuring out my surroundings, walking around, getting myself introduced to people. We started bar hopping, which is for those of you who've been on the play, is one of the best things in the world. And can I get a round of applause to the B- Bloody Marys on the playa? The best Bloody Marys we'll ever have in the entire world. Like oh my goodness are they good um there was one camp next to us that i didn't even realize this until the last day that we were there that they pickled their own vegetables for their bloody marys and they hung bacon on a clothesline every morning and you had to eat them with your hands behind your back and just kind of eat them off the clothesline (laughs) It took us until Saturday to figure out that this is what happened at 9 9 a.m. every morning. So by the time Saturday rolled around, there was 50 of us just sitting there just like ready to go and almost like, you know, a track starting position. And they put on the last one and ran away. (laughs) They were like, go! we just, oh, I ate about five pieces of bacon during that time. But we were bar hopping on on the second day and we were there. And uh, we ran into this pirate style campus. There's a number of them there. But with this one... You had to spin a wheel and you had to do what's on the wheel in order to be able to get a drink my girlfriend goes up spins the wheel gets to pick a prize out of a bag that's on the wall which is awesome she gets this awesome screen printed sweatshirt with a picture of the city on it like it's super cool it's like awesome i'm super stoked do it go to spin the wheel and it says cat of nine tails and i went shit (laughs) like all right so this is what you got to do you got to put your hands on the bar and one of our staff members is is gonna whip you for 30 seconds before you can get a drink. And so I put my hands on the bar, took my shirt, I put my hands on the bar, girl stands behind me and I just hear her going, getting ready. Then she cracks one across my back and she goes, oh, sorry, I'm a little drunk, I don't have my aim right yet. And then she whips me for 30 seconds, pretty lightly. It's, It's nice, and she starts grating up and then the last one just rakes across my back. And it was awesome i didn't know that i was down to being whipped so that's a new experience uh, and then i went to the bar i was like okay cool can i get my drink now and they went yeah sure and it was just the worst homemade ginger beer you've ever had in your life like, it was so awful like it got so bad which you will understand uh later in my set wh- how bad this was like all i did was smell it in my tent for the rest of the week it just like sat there Because that that same night, it was Wednesday. We went out just bar hopping. It was wonderful, meeting people. We went to a bar that was called the Insult Bar, to where if you said anything nice, they wouldn't give you a drink. We told them to go fuck themselves, they'd give you a drink. It was nice. And it literally had a sign that said, insults equal no drink. Insults equal go fuck yourself, we'll give you vodka. And I was like, okay. So I walked up, and they were like, what the fuck do you want? I went, fuck you, asshole. Give me a fucking drink. they went, okay. Uh... And they asked me if I wanted a uh, tequila margarita or a vodka margarita, and I went, oh, I'll take a tequila, and just gave me a nice standard margarita. My girlfriend went up and said, oh, I'd like a vodka one, which meant they just poured vodka into a tequila margarita. Uh.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and at, at some point during the day, we just kind of like day drank for a while, and we ended up over at the man, and we started seeing him for the first time, which was a really cool experience, and then we turn around, and then the rock, the rock out with their cock out parade decided to go by. Which is cool. It was just a hundred men with their dicks flapping in the wind. Some more impressive than others. Uh, and we made our way back to our camp eventually. And my girlfriend now at this point is just hammered drunk. We're hanging out with some camp members. She's sitting there like, guys, I have never seen so much cock in my entire life. The thing is, you think she just said it once. It was a solid five minutes (laughs) (laughs) of her just saying that. And I got caught up in a conversation with somebody else, turned around, and couldn't find her. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) She is super drunk. So I went into our dome. I was camping with about 80 people, which was really cool for our first year. And I just started following the items of clothing (laughs) that she was wearing earlier that day. And I find her on a couch in our dome, Laying on the couch, and you know how you would like lay on a couch and put like, you know, your feet up on the armrest? She was doing that, except for her feet were about five inches away from the armrest. She was like literally sleeping holding her feet up in the air. And I was like, Oh no. Oh, I gotta resi- I gotta resuscitate this baby bird back to health. <laughs> so I took her to our tent and I just started feeling her feeding her cold canned chili. <laughs> like No, it's 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 fine. We made it through. We're still here. She's here tonight. <laughs> and so I started with Seth and and like, we were like, oh, this is great, and our camp was holding this huge party. We were so excited. We were having all like the quote-unquote headliners from Burning Man coming out, all of our favorite artists uh, coming out. And my girlfriend and I got uh, some 2CE from somebody, and we're like, oh, sweet, Like that's cool. Except for a couple months beforehand, my friend told me, and by the way, this is something that all of you should know if you go to Burning Man and or do drugs, If you get offered 2CE, or any of the 2Cs, never snort it. (laughs) Don't do it. He told me that with that much fervor a couple months beforehand. Then came the night of. We only had one dose. I was like, oh, we should snort it. We did. We went zero to tripping balls in 60 seconds. Like, luckily, we were only three blocks, three streets away from a porta potty. So we both went and vomited came back to our camp, and instead of participating in the raging party, we had a cuddle puddle on the couch near the fire pit with my head buried in the blankets, being like, I can't stand what my eyes are seeing right now. <laughs> and I was having a horrible trip, one of the worst trips of my entire life. I eventually kind of like pull through and go in, dance for a little bit, and then it gets weird again, go back, bury my face in the blanket. About two in the morning, we go back to our tent. We're starting to come down, but just on that start, where everything's still super weird. And I start hearing two of my very close friends have sex in the tent next to me. And all I hear is, "Uh, uh,
2: uh."
3: That's the girl, by the way. Um, (laughs) It was one of the worst, most traumatizing experiences of my entire life. Just sitting there going like, God, make it stop. Like, Tara, you're better than this. Tara, you're better than this. But we got through it just like just like every Burning Man. There comes a time usually for me about 3 p.m. on Wednesday where you're like, I want to go home. I'm tired. I'm dusty. I have sand in my vag. and I don't even have a vag. I developed a vag and got sand in it. And I want to go home. And then your brain clicks and you're like, oh, no, this is now the reality that I live in. This is this is life now. And you become okay with it, with all the crazy shit that's going on. And my girlfriend and I hadn't had sex on the playa yet. And we're like, no, we're determined to, but we're not doing what our friends did in the tent the night before. So we go out and search the orgy dome, but we have no idea where it is. We're like, we can go find like a corner and do it, you know? But we spend about like two hours just walking around the city, looking for it. And this one kid, maybe like 18, 16 to 18 years old starts following us and starts like trying to talk to us. And we're like, dude, we're on a mission right now. Like, can you not? He's like, but I just wanna like hang out with you guys. I'm like, I don't even fucking know you. You have not contributed to this conversation like at all. Like, do you have somebody that you wanna bring? He's like, no. So what we did is we jumped into a camp that had a bunch of activities going on to hide from him for about 15 minutes. And we saw it multiple times. We started looking out the door and he was just standing there waiting for us. I have no idea who he is, what he wanted. All I knew was it wasn't good. Uh, so I was like, no, no, this isn't, this isn't happening. And we eventually make our way to the Orgy Dome. It's closed. I'm like, I was like, it's 5 p.m. Like, is, people should be fucking right now. And She's like, no, everybody's eating dinner right now. Like, we should be. I was like, fuck. <laughs> So, so we ended up fucking in our tent, which, which was fine. And then, I'm um, gonna I mean, kind of mix stories between our first year and our second year. Uh, our second year, she had one of my favorite moments for her was we were standing in line for the porta potties, and some of you may know what this is. But if you find the caution tape X, you guys know what I'm talking about. I found one and I knew about it, and I told her I was like, "Hey, go in there." She's like, "I don't want to. It. It's close. I'm like, "Trust me, go in there." And she came out with a smile on her face like she had had like, just her first orgasm ever. You know, just that sound, like I didn't know that that was possible. Because uh, if you don't know what that is, it's somebody who makes it looks like a porta pottys clothes, but they put like a padded seat and scented oils and baby wipes. And it's the most nourishing experience you will ever have out there. Like, you think an avocado on a salty cracker makes you feel good out there? Wait till you have a baby wipe on your ass. Like, oh my god. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. Uh, I kinda lost my place, so let's figure out where we're going with this. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys with this last story. Um, she and I have a game that we play whenever we're ever out on the play, is that she can randomly attack me at any point, so we're just gonna start wrestling. That's just a just an agreement that we have. I don't know why she chose this. She loses every time, but we do have. I mean, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let her win. I'm, i I'm, I'm not a misogynist. Uh, and so, what anybody else sees is when she's attacking me, is just me repeatedly throwing this girl into the dust every time. And she loves to do it in front of camps of large amounts of people. So then you just have a hundred people or fifty people like coming out and being like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, he just keeps throwing her. Why is he rubbing her face in it? And it's just mostly people being like, I'm tired of doing this. I feel like an asshole. Are you done? She goes, no! And <laughs> just keeps attacking me. But there was, there was, one, there was one time uh, I, I had been up partying all night. She decided to sleep in. And uh, I, she, she eventually you know, woke me up at something like 6 a.m. And she's like, let's go get coffee at center camp. I was like, okay. Uh, we it's about a mile to center camp from where we were, and we start walking. And she's in, she's super hot looking, like almost just like this tiny little tank top, a leopard print fuzzy vest, tight shorts. I'm rocking shorts and no shirt with a bandana around my head. And it was so much fun just walking there with her in the early morning because you see a mix of all different people. There's people like just waking up being like, all right, let's start our day. And then you like look to your immediate left and there's a guy with a handle of vodka just stumbling his way back to wherever the fuck he's going. <laughs> and we saw this guy on a, on a bicycle just doing figure eights and circles. Clearly he's been on something all night. And he rides right up to us, sees her vest, and goes, oh shit, a leopard, and then leaves. Just <laughs> runs the fuck away. And all we can do is be like, I'm sorry, <laughs> have a good day. All right, guys, my name is Travis Dowdy. You guys have a fantastic night.
0: So glad you talked about sex. I tried to suck my ex-husband's cock on the playa, and now I know what a bubblegum garbage party is. You
2: know what I mean?
0: That's exactly what that was—just a lot of bubblegum dick in your mouth on the playa, keeping it clean, everybody. Unsuccessful. Yeah, fun. Uh, drugs uh, mess with the dick. Just so everybody knows that happened. That's a real thing. Uh, does anybody have a story they want to tell? Anybody yet? You thinking anybody, Want a normal person want to tell a Burning Man story? Yeah. No? You're gonna, you're gonna work up to it. I gotcha. You think about that while your next comedian rolls on up to the stage. Uh, he's been to Burning Man like 10 times. <laughs> and he's wearing his roller skates to prove it. He's from the roller disco, everybody. Put your hands together for Matthew Quirk. Yeah.
4: So all you guys that've been to Burning Man, you guys all kinky into piss now. What's up? <laughs> I know you are. I know how it is. So uh, yeah, I'm from the uh, Black Rock Roller Disco. Clap your hands. You've been there, yeah, yeah. What shitty ass campsites were all you guys from? What fucking bullshit, chill space, uncreative fucking bullshit were you guys involved with? Come on. What? What? No camps? Nothing? You just camped? Right. How creative. Yeah. so hey uh, I gotta tell you yeah I've been to Burning Man like 10 times all you suckers been here like twice right is that like the three times maybe and uh, I gotta tell you Burning Man sucks that's right Burning Man motherfucking sucks will you indeed be back
1: we'll be right back
4: you know how the playa is you're never coming back <laughs> anyway I'm walking the crowd already So, yeah, I mean, what a shitty Bernie, man. Only one death this year? You guys are fucking pansies, man. There was two my first year, and we only had like 20,000 people there. You guys got to step it up, man. Shit. Fuck. So, yeah, it fucking sucks, man. I am never going back to that fucking dystopian, libertarian hellscape ever again. Fuck it. It's bullshit. I mean, it's just from the get-go, everything. I mean, you guys, you all went to Burning Man, right? So who here is concerned with the environment? None of you? That sounds about right. You guys realize it was a spare the air day? You guys all up there, Burning Man, fucking flaming that shit out? Nothing? You guys are the the ultimate selfish, white, privilege fucking punk-ass bullshit. I can't stop about it. It's just at every level. Let's talk carbon footprint. You guys triple minimum your carbon footprint up there. I got a great idea, guys. Let's all buy food we're never going to (laughs) eat. Let's get all these costumes we're never going to actually wear. Let's load up on all this water that we're not going to drink and let's get in a fucking caravan of idling cars through Gerlach for like 12 hours in the burning sun. I don't care if you got a Prius, that shit is pumping out noxious fumes. You guys are all participants in that pinnacle of white privilege. Thank you. Yeah, it's just horrendous. I. I don't know where you guys get off thinking that this is any kind of fun festival. I mean, it is... uh, Clap your hands if you saw a black person out there. How many, right? One, two, shit. Mexicans? See any Mexicans? Right, exactly my fucking point. What kind of poor person would willfully go out there and suffer? (laughs) Right? It is just the... It's like the trifecta of white privilege up there. Just I cannot stop bitching about it, and I just blame all you millennials. I mean, I want to. I don't want to tell you it used to be cool because it was always fucked up, but now it has just got especially fucked up. All right, let me tell you a little bit about my first year there. Right, two thousand. The year it rained. And it had been like five or so years of Bernie Man's where it was just blistering hot out there. But I'm a good Eagle Scout, right? So I'm out there with clothes as well as skimpy stuff. But every other moron was just out there in nudity. So when that rainstorm pulled through, everybody was just shivering purple-lipped for like three days. A bunch of geniuses going out to the wilderness with nothing to survive. Anyway, I get these people to convince me how great and peace, love, and understanding it is out there and to get out there early and build the camp and then you have the whole week to yourself. And I forgot to measure how much better looking they were than me. They were sending me up there to build their camp, run their kitchen, while they fucking partied and fucked all my friends. (laughs) It was bullshit, man. It sucked. So I get up there, I'm working in that heat, it's like elevation, right, that fucking desert scape. I build a roller disco out there, I set up some tents, I build the the shade space for our kitchen and I do it all as a vegetarian. So I am just suffering out there. When finally the caravan gets there, of all the real burners, because I was just a virgin, it's like, all right, we just got here, man. Do you mind unloading the food and cooking for us? <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? I haven't showered in three days. Why not, right? So I get cooking. I try to get my veggie meal on the side there to hide it from these fucking trippers. But no good, right? They just come through like locusts and eat everything. And they somehow even get into the shit I didn't cook. I guess they wanted to taste what tofu really tasted like or something. So they eat a chunk of my food, scour it through everything, and bounce before I realize it. So I'm left to clean up after all them asses. Not only that, I'm like, where the fuck is my food? I'm left with fucking pickle brine and some stale bread while they're out partying. So I get through it all, I do the cooking, I do the cleaning, I prepare for the next one, and I try to find something fun to do. So when I come back for dinner later that night, they're all like, oh, where where were you? We decided not to do the kitchen thing anymore. I'm like, motherfuckers, man, after I did all, they just ditched me like that. So I'm like, all right, this is fucking, I'm steaming. And the camp next to me, you can just hear them arguing over there. Because there was like five guys and one chick and they put up a rainbow flag and she's furious. She's furious because like, how can I put this nicely? All of them love penis, right? That whole campsite loves it. And she didn't want to turn her campsite into this gay hookup joint. She was at Bernie Man and she was gonna get laid. And that just set off my bionic hearing. I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, you guys aren't cooking for me whatever. I'm going to go visit the camp next door. And it turns out God smiled upon me. They were Mormons. I got to check that right off the bucket list. (laughs) Damn right. But I tell you, Bernie man kind of sucks, though. I mean, I expected... Sex with a Mormon, right? All wholesome and shit. Like, I didn't wear a condom. You know she doesn't have anything, right? You know how it is. But the sex wasn't that great. And, man, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Sex is okay, but if it's not great, that just sucks, man. That just sucks. So I power through it. And like a gentleman, I don't come inside her. I withdraw and make a mess of her because, you know, Burning man, right? Queen. So, I move on from there, and I'm like, I'm still furious with all my camp mates, right? So, I try to set up a shower, because it's still their first day there, but I've been there for like four days now with no shower. And every time I turn around, another one of them is coming out of the fucking shower I set up, and using all my water. And I'm like, look, you motherfuckers, we're out in the desert. You got to shower every three days or something. They're like, oh, I brought enough water for me to shower every day. And I'm like, fucking bullshit. I unloaded the truck. I know exactly how much water everybody has. You guys are just a bunch of selfish bastards. Right? That's, they're like, hey, man, don't get mad at us. This is just your burn, man. This is your burn. So I'm like, oh god, this is I'm getting irritated with that fucking thing. So, we set up the roller disco. We have people roller discoing, and this one guy goes the wrong way on the roller disco against traffic, right? Which is like, how stupid can you be? And I'm like, motherfucker, go the same way as everyone else. He's like, hey man, Burning Man, no rules,
2: dude.
4: (laughs) Like fucking dick. So he tries this cannonball thing where he gets down like this and he's going to go under his girlfriend's legs, but he doesn't tell his girlfriend that he's going to pull this move. So he just like power slams into her. She is fucking face first into the thing and I am fucking furious. I am out. I'm I'm in this guy's face. I'm like, I told you to go the other fucking way. He's like, hey man, no rules. And the girlfriend's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm like, you know, because I'm a feminist. I'm like, don't say that, man. It's not okay. Stand up for your goddamn self. And he's like, hey, man, get off our burn and whatever everything." And I'm like, all right. I'm furious at my campmates. I'm disappointed in that sex I had. I'm hungry. And I just slapped this motherfucker right in his face. And he's like, "Huh." He swells up like he's going to cry. He looks at his girlfriend, and she's like, oh. And he looks at his friends, and they're like, hey, it's your burn, man. (laughs) And I'm like, no rules, motherfucker! Now give me those skates! And I pull the skates off him and ban him from the roller disco. Whew! Still pissed at that motherfucker.
2: Because
4: if there's one sin in roller disco, it's not going the same direction as everybody else. Okay, for future reference. So anyway, I move on from there. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. Took too many drugs, still got ply dust in there. <laughs> so anyway, Burning Man sucks. You know, it's, uh, I just can't get over how disillusioned everyone is with what's going on out there. I mean, it's it's this it's this libertarian hellscape as I said before. Everyone talks about how what a miracle it is, how sweet it is, how nice it is. And no one talks about how they had to spend thousands of dollars, ship tons of equipment and they even have slavery out there for Christ's sake who here knows what a Sherpa is (laughs) nobody What Sherpa yeah there are these people who have someone else pay for their ticket and everything and then they're this they're just their little fucking slave for a week to pay for their Bernie Man ticket there's honest to God slavery out there how radically self-reliant is that bullshit (laughs) terrible So anyway, everyone makes like it's this great, you know, barter system. It's this great utopia. And you spend thousands of dollars to live in that utopia. And your punk pansy asses can only handle it for a week. I can't believe more of you don't recognize what total bullshit it is. It sucks, man. So I was out dancing one night, dancing my ass off at Burning Man. And talk about cottonmouth. You don't even got to smoke weed to get cottonmouth out there.
2: <laughs>
4: so I'm out dancing. I come back to my camp and I'm like, "You know what? I'm Jones and Four. My vanilla soy milk." All right? <laughs> the one thing that these guys didn't get. So I go back to my camp. It's dark. I just open the cooler. I fish around in there and I feel for that characteristic cardboard box. I whip it out, pop it open and I start chugging. I'm about three gulps in expecting that sweet creamy vanilla soy milk. When I realize I'm drinking the Atlantic fucking ocean and I like gag Half puke, and I'm spitting and coughing, and I'm like, What the fuck is this? Who was in my goddamn cooler? I make it to my tent, I find my headlamp, I look at the box, it was fucking chicken broth. I was pretty sour at that point, at the burn, quite frankly yeah I mean oh I mean I'm expecting you know like a dessert and I get fucking half a cum shot it was just terrible <laughs> so anyway I just don't know what else to say but Burning Man sucks <laughs> I will make this one con- comment about this suicide out there that shit is the ultimate moop right <laughs> Not only his fried ass carcass, but who cleaned up his shit? Who drove his car back? What happened to his Playa bike? (laughs) Nobody cleaned up after his ass, right? That was left to the desert. And at this point, I got to say that Bernie Man, it's not just white privilege. It has jumped the shark. Do you, do you millennials know what jump the shark means? Do you? Yes. See, a shark was this animal that used to live <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> anyway, it jumped the shark from white privilege to white supremacy.
5: <laughs>
4: based on all the facts I've given you here. But I have one more little cherry on top. It is so white out there. Even the fucking dirt is white. <laughs> so dwell on that with your fucking re entry.
0: <laughs> Matthew Burke hates it, but he went 10 times. Yay! Yay! Let's talk about right privilege for a second. I actually wrote Burning Man off on my taxes in 2003. <laughs> Fuck yeah I did. I I used to own a theater company in San Diego and I said I was doing a theatrical thing. We actually were actually in the map and everything. We had a camp that we were calling Iron Chef. And we did a thing where if people brought a piece of food, we would cook for that food and then they could eat the whole meal for free. So like the first night there were like 20 people in line and at the end there's like 70 people in line and they were bringing like an apple or a tomato or whatever. So we had really no idea what we were cooking with and then we'd cook for them. That was fun. Uh, anyways, I wrote that all off on my taxes.
2: Yay! Yay! I used to be bougie! Yay!
0: Yay! That was fun. Also, I made this t-shirt. at Burning Man in 2007, and one of those things in the day when you're bored and you're on drugs, and you're like, what do I do? And then they're like, cut your t-shirt up and make it cool with a bunch of chicks and string or whatever. So I made this. and I'm wearing this this one's from somebody made me this in 2002 and I was like oh it's so cute and it's falling apart so memories unlike Matthew Quirk I didn't hate it as much as you did. I only hated it uh, like Travis for like two hours on Wednesday when I'd have a nervous breakdown. I can't handle it. The wind is too strong. And then like the witches come and they're like, we're going to sing to the wind, Pam. And I'm like, fuck you, you're blessed. The wind is a blessing. Fuck you. The wind is scary and I feel like we're going to die. Yes, Wednesdays. Your next comedian, she's been to Burning Man a bunch of times. I am excited to get another female perspective on what it's like. Did you go with your, with your husband or were you single at the time? Single. Yeah, smart woman. Go to Burning Man when you're single, everybody. Or if you're getting married. Either way is fine. Uh, put your hands together for your next comedian, everyone. Annette Mullaney. Hey,
6: guys. Is this one? Okay. You know, I've only only actually been to Burning Man twice. Last time was 2015. But I feel like I've incorporated it into my life, right? So I have purple hair. Um, Not today, but most days, I take a very non-traditional approach to pants. And if you look outside, you'll see what was a Playa bike, but now is my only mode of transportation. But yet, I I too have some beef with Burning Man. Like, I don't want to paint it all bad, but I think people focus too much on the positives. And really, it's just, I just could do with less judgment at Burning Man, right? You know what I'm saying. Perhaps not by your quizzical faces and silence. (laughs) Uh, Let's just say the first time I rolled up into Burning Man, I got there in the day, I immediately put on my playa outfit. Um, And you know, I'll be real here. I deserved some judgment because the first time I went to Burning Man, I sparkle ponied it up hard, (laughs) hard. I rolled up and immediately, my, uh, my campmates were like, let's set up tents. And I went, oh, right, those. Totally forgot a tent. Luckily, someone nearby hooked me up. Oh, yeah, sparkle ponied it up hard, right? But Playa provides to, to attractive young people. Um, so I put on my Burning Man outfit. And now, the thing about Burning Man that you probably all know is it's real sunny. And uh, I'm Irish. My people are like the human equivalent of those eyeless cave geckos. (laughs) Um, So daytime, no, I don't fuck with that like cute-ass playa shit. I was dressed like a Jawa, (laughs) completely head to toe covered. I used to live in the Middle East and I know how to deal with the sun. And on my first trip outside the camp to go to the bathroom, I walked by these two dudes and they immediately said, God, you're wearing a lot of clothing. And the judgment only got worse from there, right? Like I, uh, what's the Thursday? It's like critical tits or tits Thursday. Do you know how many fucking people on that day, I couldn't interact with a human, male, without them saying like, why you got your tits covered? It's critical tits. Don't you want to express yourself? Why are you feeling so repressed? (laughs) The thing is like, are my groceries repressed when I bag them?
2: Right, like, I'm a hefty girl,
6: Some, I prefer to double bag, if you get my meaning, right? Like, I don't feel like my groceries are especially liberated when they're rolling down the street, and I feel the same about my tits. Um, so it's weird because I kind of feel like Burning Man is an atmosphere similar to when you're in a conversation with a poly couple, right? Where like, in general, I know they face a lot of judgment, but right now they're judging you fucking hard, right? Like, oh, are you, you haven't tried poly? I understand. Like, a lot of people have insecurities, right? (laughs) Your insecurities must be the only reason why. I mean, my partner and I just love each other so much that we don't have your petty jealousy. (laughs) Right? Like, I just, I don't need so much judgment of my judgment is what I'm saying. (laughs) You know? And like... I get it like Burning Man is your opportunity to fly your freak flag but please do not stop me from presenting my quasi quirky PowerPoint
0: <laughs> like,
6: it's just it's just a lower level and by the end of it I was so sick of, invita- of invitations to go to the orgy dome right like I was rolling around a single female often by myself and I learned that Burning Man is basically like just avoid eye contact with men, (laughs) right? Like you walk around as a single female, if you make eye contact with a dude, next thing he's rolling up to you, he's like trying to get you to go someplace. Like I, we would take me an hour to walk two blocks. Like I was literally biking down the street once and two dudes stopped me and they went, hey, will you sleep with my friend? I said, no, no. And I, I get it, a lot of people fuck there, a lot of dudes go there, and it's like part of the Burning Man experience, right? You've got to get that dick wet. Uh, I assume. But OK, the thing is, I don't know the particulars of it, but I imagine that that fine particulate dust combines with your body fluids and sweat to produce a paste that's going to bind you together like post-coital dogs. <laughs> And that just doesn't sound appealing to me. It's not, it's not my cup of tea. Um, but yeah, so like, I guess I'm saying I'm not trying to slut shame. Just please stop prude shaming me. Um, but yeah, the, that was the first time I went to Burning Man. The second time was interesting because it was a last minute decision. Um, I had been planning to go on a long distance hike. And then I injured myself and was on crutches. So I thought, of course, I'll go to Burning Man instead. (laughs) Um, I was at the, you know, three weeks before, I managed to find a uh, face value ticket. Because uh, there's a dude who is a a spoken word poet. And he likes to hook people up with face value tickets as long as you join his camp. I met up with him. I thought he was cool. He was like a six-year-old dude. We're talking OG burner, right? Had been going since the 90s. I was like, this is cool. This is going to be an experience. I've never fucked with poets, I don't know what's up with that shit, but like, I'll go, I'll clap politely. You know, I'll wear a beret, I'm down. I roll up to his house the day of leaving, and the convoy is him, another older gentleman poet, and then a group of women of whom I am by far the oldest. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Coincidentally, coincidentally, sold all of his face value tickets that come with the condition of camping with him <laughs> to young hot chicks. <laughs> Coincidentally, um, I unfortunately lost the draw to sit next to him in the cab on the way down. We we're only about an hour into it when he's like, so, guess you. Uh, I'm guessing you probably don't have a good relationship with your father. Oh. Yeah. 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 I was like that is completely untrue and oh my god so we changed the subject and very quickly it got onto him saying you know stalin is unfairly maligned (laughs) (laughs) and we had 12 more hours of this shit Well, i'm just sitting in the next seat being like do i do i put up a fight against stalin like do i you know do i mention the ukrainian famine or just Try to stay alive in this truck. Um, we roll up to Burning Man next day. We pack up, you know, I am useless, right? Like I said, I'm on crutches. So I basically have to sit back and just have people help me, including the lovely elder gentleman whose name ply name is Rusty Rebar, by the way. Should you run into him? Should you run I don't know his real name, it's the only name I was given, which is what I thought about when he brought up down in the cab. I'm like, there's I don't even know how to identify this man. Uh, He gets, like, you know, we set up camp. After about an hour or two, he leans over to me and goes, ah, glad to be finally set up. Would you believe I haven't seen a pair yet? Of titties. Just titties, to be clear. Like, dude, you have been coming to Burning Man since the 90s. You are a human who lives in the modern world, in which I'm pretty sure you're aware that titties are one mouse click away. And you're fucking excited to see a pair and you're gonna fucking tell me like I don't give a shit um the week proceeded pretty much the same like every time I he would tell me about an interaction with a woman uh he would only describe her by ethnicity and tit size <laughs> right like oh last year we had a fun little gal in the camp uh, she was Asian but big titties and I'm like I you know people have other attributes like names for example um it became uncomfortable because you know I was still trying to spark, I was Sparkle Pony it hard that year, being that I was injured. So I would, you know, come out of my camp wearing maybe like a low-cut top. And immediately this dude would be like, oh, nice view this morning. So I started dressing conservatively at Burning Man just to get out of my camp. (laughs) It was very strange. And he didn't just do it to me, like I don't want to, I don't want to try to portray that I'm special. It was every woman. I had a friend roll up with me once. There was a windstorm coming. I had to tie down my tent, because mostly I stayed as far away as I could from this camp. And in the five minutes it took me to go secure my stuff and come back and bounce with my friend, he had creeped her the fuck out. (laughs) Like, I believe the end of their conversation ended with him going like, well, anytime you want to come back to this camp, I'm always at your cervix. (laughs) Yeah. Clever. Clever. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. Ah, oh, fucking rusty rebar. I'm um, friends with him on Facebook. I know oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's, he's kind of an institution, you guys. He's been going since the 90s. Um, he uh, The last day of camp, though, was kind of the final straw. I had arranged to go back with someone else because <laughs> the cab broke down. I really just didn't want to get into the Ukrainian famine more on the way back. Um And I was, but I was looking for help because again, crippled, injured, unable, you know, I have, and so I was asking if I could borrow his truck to drive my stuff to where my friends were. And he's like, sure, if you give me a kiss. And I said, you know, I'm good, I'm good. And he was like, and he immediately, his face fell and he went, am I so repulsive? Right, and I'm like, oh, so I'm like, look, dude, I understand that, you know, There's some flirting involved. And I'm sure that some of the people you flirt with enjoy it. I personally do not. But please don't take this as a personal insult. And he goes, well, you can get your stuff over to the other camp however you fucking wish. But you're not borrowing my truck. So apparently it was a kiss with conditions. Still feeling sorry for him? I'm feeling less. (laughs) I think that's like the definition of sexual harassment. That's like a a court case tit for tat, (laughs) right? Like, make out with this old man. Don't have to lug your stuff crippled across the playa. Um, So that was fun, Uh, same Burning Man, Um, I'm biking because luckily biking as being non-weight bearing meant that I could bike around with my crutches strapped to my back (laughs) for whenever I walked. I'm biking, I see a sign that says therapeutic massage, I think oh my god my ankle has been bothering me because what happened is I broke my ankle, my ankle's been bothering me like usually when I'm in the city I go to a chiropractor like twice a week to get it adjusted, so yeah, therapeutic massage sounds dope. I ask at the camp, they say it's in this back tent. I go into the back tent, I lay down. An elderly gentleman in a blue thong comes in. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't I don't wanna be rude. I'm not gonna reject a massage just because the masseuse is not, you know who I would fuck with? Like, what is that? This is Burning Man, let me be accepted. And so the dude starts lightly touching on my ankle in a matter that I can assure you is not therapeutic. It was more like the soft pat of a cat's paw. And then he he moves up and I'm like, no, no, just the ankle, just the ankle, thank you. And then after about two minutes, he goes, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. This is kind of more of a sexual thing. And for all that people talk about consent, you think that that part of it could have been advertised because therapeutic, I don't, maybe I'm not up on the Burning Man lingo, but that doesn't mean like, Sexual massage to me. It means means therapeutic Um, But I don't I don't want to have all bad stories, right? So this last burning man as well I kind of became a little bit of a post rave mother um, Because I couldn't dance, but I wanted to be near the dancing because my favorite thing is the dancing and so late at like 3 a.m.. 4 a.m.. Just as the molly was coming down and people were beginning their depression the next day I would collect these women in tiny clothes and big coats and they would come into my arms and cry. (laughs) And I remember this one, she was from Canada and she came up and she was like, my boyfriend and I broke up because I couldn't deal with the fact that he wanted to be Polly, And so I came here to try to see if we could, you know, if I could just fuck around and have fun. And I don't like fucking around and what's wrong with me. And I was like, girl, it's okay. We can prude out together. (laughs) It is okay. Like, you know, it's okay that people want to fuck, but it should also be okay that people don't want to fuck. Um, and so I held her and she fell asleep in my lap as the sun came up. And that was honestly the best part of that burn for me. I fucking love that lady. She dumped her boyfriend, she's living a good life. We used to keep in touch on Facebook. Shit was dope. And the thing is, I don't want to leave you the impression that I am an actual prude, because for 99% of the world, I'm actually a huge fucking slut, right? The problem is that one percent is just real concentrated at Burning Man. It's the only place in which I'm like, there should be a law. Like it, it's a good. <laughs> it makes me realize what it must be like to be a conservative and just be like, what is this anarchy? Put these away. Um, you know, so it helps me develop empathy, and that's good. That's good. It just, you know, I'm. The orgy dome, the walking around naked, the fact that you can't make eye contact with any man without him coming up to you and trying to offer various things that you don't want—it's—it's um, it's an interesting thing. A lot of people find it very liberating. Um, I did have a very interesting conversation uh, at the last brunch I was at, where a libertarian was trying to tell me that this is what society could be, man. Right? Like once we get away from the oppression. And I was like, what oppression? You live in San Francisco. He said, yeah, the oppression of San Francisco. Like, do you not think that that's oppressive? And I said, man, I moved here from Syria.
2: <laughs> like,
6: you want to get real about oppression? <laughs> Let's fucking talk about it. Um, how much time do I got? One minute? Uh, yeah, I'll just leave you with this. Like, I did, I lived in Syria before I came to San Francisco. I got married in Syria. I don't know if that colors any of the slut-shaming that I talked about earlier, um, but let's just say like the sexual open market of both Bernie Man and San Francisco have been very interesting. Um, marriage in Syria did not prepare me for them, if you can believe it. Uh, I did very well though at sex in marriage, right? Very well, I was on my fucking game. Right, like when I met my ex-husband, I uh, he was a virgin, whereas I was an American. (laughs) Right, so everything he learned about sex, he learned through me, and I controlled that information, much like his government. (laughs) Uh, Right, like women don't work; it causes the uterus to fall out. uh, Blowjob's only in porn. Um, But the thing is, it worked because my sexual skills, much like Comcast customer service skills really only work in a monopoly <laughs> so <laughs> burning man was not the showcase for them i think is what i'm saying all right guys thank you so much i've been in that give it up for fucking pam give it up for pam and then Mulaney, everyone yay yay
0: sweet does anyone have any stories anybody want to share a story on the on the audience mic? Anybody brave? They want to do it? People say, no, they're like, scary stuff. Audience, Mike, we all have Burning Man stories. Uh, So I forgot to, I remembered the one that I was supposed to say when I almost got killed by the enormous box. So there was a big box and it wasn't tied down and there was a windstorm and it just fell into the kitchen and I almost died. Yay! If it would have landed on me, I'd be dead. But I have a cool scar on my back because it scratched my back. And it was a really terrifying moment because this box flew into the kitchen and. This angel of a man pushed me one direction, he pushed my friend the other direction, but I thought that she was under the box. So I lose my shit. I'm like, my friend is dead! She's under the box! So I'm like losing my shit and I just have some scratches on my back and they're like, should we take you to the infirmary? And I was like, no. Uh, but they wanted to take me away and I was like, no, take the person behind me. She was on acid on top of a camper on a, in a, in a, in a chair, in a deck chair and the wind just blew her off and she landed on her face. I was like, I have some scratches on my back, I'm fine. I'm just having a nervous breakdown because I was scared and thought my friend was dead. That girl's gonna die. Take her. And they're like, are you serious? Are you okay with that? I'm like, just, I'm fine. There are cool scars though on my back. Looks like a
7: cat scratched me. All
0: right, you guys ready for your headliner? I'm so excited. He used to look like this big dirt bag before he went to Burning Man. Now he's back and he looks like a totally different person. You cleaned up so differently. He used to have this like very shaggy, long hair and very curly and very lovely, and now he just um, has wears a hair shirt. So that's exciting. I'm sure everybody enjoys at Burning Man um, his front and back hair shirt. Put your hands together, everybody, for Marty Cunney.
8: All right, I am still dealing with the black lung, called uh, playa lung. So excuse the sounds. Um, I don't know, guys. This is so I, I've been three years. This is my third year. I'm um, three consecutive years, uh, and everybody likes to ask me. Uh, first, people thing that people ask me when I go is, "Do you think it's too commercialized now?" I'm like, "I have fucking no idea." Like, I've been going for three years. And I am like the trashiest person out there, or at least I'm trying to be. I'm clearly not the trashiest person. This year I walked up to a, uh, a bar uh, that was you know, telling everyone, hey, they ran out of alcohol, Bernie Man, we, all, we got all of it here. I'm like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. I think I'll stop in here. And uh, I should have realized that when I can count the amount of teeth in the camp on my two hands, uh, that something's up. Like something's fishy here. Uh, I go to the bartender. He says, uh, where's your balls? So, said, oh, let me check. Now uh, oh, they're gone. Can you give me something to help me with that? Uh, he goes, yeah, I got just a thing. And he pulls out a flag and a Martinelli cider. Clearly it was not Martinelli cider. It was clear. And uh, pours a big thing of it in my cup. And uh, this is day six. So uh, my sense of smell was completely gone. And I take a sniff and I'm like, oh, it smells like sake. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's sake and uh, <laughs> I take a big gulp of it and immediately it feels like my face is just lit on fire like my entire insides and I'm just like it was like a cartoon like steam coming out of my ears and everything he goes ha yeah, never mind that was moonshine I was like oh yeah cool am I gonna go blind he's like yeah maybe It's like oh fuck you man <laughs> so I took it home and naturally fed it to all my campmates without telling them what it was and uh there's, and we decided to pour it in the gas tank, and I think that actually <laughs> worked. <laughs> I think it was, he told me it was 180 proof, and I fucking oh. believe him because my shit the next day probably could have killed me if uh, I had stayed in there too long. It was just terrible. Uh, speaking of shit, uh, I just wanted to do a public service announcement. Uh, this year, I brought out two big things of Metamucil. Uh, to the burn, and I will tell you that it is a life changer. I mean, we've all complained, right, about the porta potties and the, what an awful experience it is. Imagine only having to spend five minutes in their tops, and you got like one wipe with that half ply toilet paper, and then you're good. You know, that's I'm, I'm just saying it's a public service announcement. I gave it to it, it was I was driving my campmates crazy at the beginning. I was just saying, like, hey, hey, Metamucil, Metamucil. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you trying to feed it to us? And I didn't tell them it was because I have hemorrhoids. I just tried, was acting like I was trying to help them out. And uh, they uh, were getting very frustrated with me to the point they were like, fine, we'll fucking eat some of this. And they started eating it dry by the handful, which uh, is not recommended. You're only really supposed to eat about a teaspoon of it at a time, like, mixed into water. And I was like, yeah, man, go for it. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And, but even, even so, the next day, they're, like he came to me and he literally had tears coming out of his eyes. He's like, "I don't know what to say, man. I I should have believed in you. Like that was really, <laughs>
2: that
8: was really amazing." I was like, "Are you okay?" Like, "No, man. It was the most amazing experience of my life. I fucking hate the porta potties here, so I just wanted to to make that announcement. Um, I will tell my other porta potty story. Uh, my first year, uh, I took a lot of shrooms and they got lost, like you do." and uh, uh, this guy was there and so uh, first thing I do is say oh shit Um, I roll off grab a drink realize that the drink is not making me less shroomed Uh, and so I go to the porta potties and it's dark and uh, I'm waiting in line and a man comes up to me in a butler outfit Uh, white gloves coattails and everything and I'm just like am I fucking like seeing this right now he goes excuse me sir do you have an appointment
4: no <laughs> no one, do
8: says uh, all right well is it uh, you're walking then is it for one or for two I didn't get that he was asking me if I was trying to go number one or number two I was just thinking like is there people pairing up to these porta potties <laughs> right now am I missing something uh, I don't know I was like, okay I'm going I'm going one he goes okay follow me sir and he takes me to the most pristine Potty I had been in that whole time, and still to this day, uh, the two years after I been, it was amazing. I was I was like a candle in there, like it was like a like a romantic setting, and it was romantic. I really felt like somebody cared for me at that point. And I come out, and he's giving me the mints, he's giving me the, the spray down with the you know scented oils and stuff, and I'm just like, I'm still not sure if I'm just tripping right now or not, and <laughs> and. Uh, He goes, oh, it was my pleasure, sir, and walks away. And that was, like, the last I saw of that guy. And it was just, like, mind-fucking-blown. And everything trended upwards from there. Immediately after that, I'm, like, looking at my book, and I just, like, kind of say, like, hey, does anyone know where this camp is? Two Swedish, like, models come up to me, like, yeah, can I be next to us at camp? Uh, That's a great Swedish accent. Uh, They come up to me, like, oh, you want some grilled cheese? Like, yeah, sure. Like, take me to the front of this giant grilled cheese line, and then end up, like, finding my friends for me, like, Mystically, and uh, so that was just that was my magical bathroom experience at Burning Man. Uh, I guess uh, the next thing I'd like to talk about is the saga of Tiny Hands. Uh, is anybody here familiar with Tiny Hands? Yes. So Tiny Hands uh, made their debut to me at uh, District last year. I don't know if you guys are familiar with District, but they're they're very big daytime dance party at Burning Man, and somebody started handing out. At the top of district, these little tiny hands that fit onto your finger. So it kind of looks like you have like a fractal hand. Yeah, so you see them. You know what I'm talking about. And they were blowing people's minds this year. I mean, people had whole hands of them like dancing. And I was just like, "Ah, what the fuck is that? But I found out that they have a great many uses. One, they can hold a joint perfectly. And they make you look really funny doing it. I also found out that uh, for some, you no, know, normally when you ask if you can slap a girl's ass, she's a little more hesitant. When you ask if you, you can slap her ass with a tiny little hand, for some reason, that's totally okay. Like she, there, people are totally okay with getting their asses slapped by dwarves. It's something I learned from Burning Man. Uh, but there's nothing funnier than like that tiny little handprint on their ass too. That's just like little, little tiny five star. It's like maybe this big. You're like what the, someone else sees that, what the fuck was that? Uh, but so the, someone was handing out these things by the bag full at the top of this dance party. And so I ended up with a few of them. And I was talking to this girl. Uh, and she said, oh, my God, I have been camping next to the medical tent this year. And they've been handing out these out all week. And people have been coming with those stuck in places. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, what's your <laughs> first reaction to Thailand? Where could this fit? Uh, but I was just thinking to myself in my head, I was like, I really want to see that X-ray. Just a little hello. <laughs> a little, little high five to your colon. Oh, uh, uh, and I, I I had trouble believing that uh that, that actually happened until this year. Um I brought so I managed to order myself a whole bunch of tiny little hands this year because it's a great idea. It just opens a lot of doors. Um uh, Tiny Hand Tiny Hand Adventures. But so I had a bunch of them and I'm at another another dance party and I see this guy, and he had to have been the biggest person I've ever seen. Like, I'm not saying like he's like a basketball player, but he's just like, he looks like a fucking Viking warrior. Son's beard, you know? Um, And it was just intimidating. Like, he was like the biggest fucking dude ever. I was like, but the first thing my mind goes to is, I bet that looked hilarious that that guy was wearing a tiny little hand. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, okay, great. So I go up to the guy, he's, he thinks it's hilarious too, so I'm like, just put up, hold your hand up. He's like, what, what, and I just plop it, like, right on his, like, big, it didn't barely even fit on his fucking fingers. his, like, fingers are so big, but I plop it on the end of it, and he just says, and he starts cracking up, and it's like a,
2: ho, 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 ho,
8: ho, ho, you know, he's a fucking giant, and, uh, and I'm just cackling to myself, because I'm like the tail end of my acid trip, and this is, like, the perfect way to, like, you know, keep the weirdness up, and, uh. He turns to his woman who turns out, she turns around, gorgeous, like fucking six foot two, blonde, completely naked, beautiful woman. And he goes, ah, like starts slapping nipples around. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is going better than I could have imagined. <laughs> and and then he goes, ah, ha ha And then he just goes for it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just standing there, just disbelief in my face, just like, Like I couldn't believe it and I expected it to come back out with it and he didn't and I was just like and thank God they thought it was hilarious too because I thought we were gonna I was was like I'm not I don't want to be like keyed out as a progenitor of this whole thing here because I was like I know this thing's lost in there there's gonna be some issues they managed to fish it out and they like tried to hand it back to me I'm like yeah you you go ahead and keep that one I got a whole bag of them back at camp I don't want to deal with that I did have one more good tidy hand experience was I was at a, I was at a, a big show at one of the big sound camps and, uh, I'm dancing aggressively because I am an aggressive person when it comes to, uh, doing a lot of Molly and listening to dubstep. And, uh, there's like a, you know, people are bouncing around and, uh, I bounce into this guy and he sees I'm wearing a tiny hand on my finger because that's just what you do. And uh, he looks at me and he goes, hey, give me your hand. He's like, I need a hand. I was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, you like it, man? He's like, no, no. Give me the hand. Holds up. He's got a stump. Uh, (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, I guess you do, huh? So I hand it over to him and he's got just enough like lip on the stump to like put it on. So he's got like a stump with a tiny hand on it. And I'm like, Wait, I can make this better. I can make this better. At the time, I had my long hair still, so I had a couple of hair ties on me. And so I hair tied it down into a little middle finger. It was like, I'm, I'm glad I can be here for you to give you this moment so you can finally flip people off with that hand again. <laughs> and he was like, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> oh, that was magical. Um, I don't know. Next, next, next story. Uh, I guess my last night of 2016... Would be a good one to go with. Um, So the man burned, fun stuff. We go to a place called Casbah, another place on Esplanade, which is like a expensive, nice camp. Uh, And we clearly don't fit in there. I am tripping my dick off. I am wearing like a cowboy vest, the cowboy hat, and like woman's pants. And uh, everyone there is dressed up in like Middle Eastern garb and like. (laughs) Like, cooking tri-tip. I'm, like, trying to steal it. They're fucking, get out of here, you fucking rat. <laughs> like, <"Ah-ha-ha." laughs> and ha uh, And I'm, like, fine, I'll go fuck around out there. And they have, like, this whole nice area with these, like, white couches and everything. And I'm up here with my friend Dan. And uh, we're cruising the audience. And we see a guy with a box of uh, Franzia. And I was really excited to see that because I had been downing Franzia like water out there. Because... Slapping the bag is just a good way to get everyone riled up, right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with Franzia. You hold it up, you slap the bag, you take a drink, everyone enjoys it. Everyone has fun. So I uh, was really excited when I saw this box of Franzia this guy had. I said, hey, buddy, like, Franzia, I love Franzia. Can I get some of that? He's like, this guy clearly was fucked up because he didn't say a single word. He's going, well, and he's got a woman next to him with a very nice coat on. It's a nice white couch. It's very... Very nice place. I go. Uh, he goes. He starts to hold the box. I was like, "No, man, take it out of the box. What is this bullshit?" Uh, don't you don't just keep it in the bag. It was fucked up. And so, uh, keep it in the box. And so, I uh, I say, "Don't worry, I'll take care of it for you." Open the. He just kind of like nods because he's all fucked. He's like, "I open the box and I go, do 'Don't worry, I've done this a hundred times before.' Rip out the bag uh, without actually." pushing the faucet through and so the faucet gets caught and i just unleash red wine all over the place i'm just fucking drenched this guy drenched this woman sitting next to him and drenched this white couch and i'm just like and i just literally like pose there for a second like ah start to scramble find the plug in the ground like plug it back on like sorry man sorry 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 Guys, I said a word the entire time. Barely even flinched when I did that. I was like, this guy must be fucked up. And he just, I just like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm like, apologize to him. He goes, doesn't even like He goes, all right. So I fucking hold the bag up for him. And he fucking drinks the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, see you later. And so uh, sign off. I say, uh, this is probably time for me to leave the Casbah. Um, I have ro- officially rocked the Casbah. And it's time for me to go. Uh, we end up riding out Deep Playa um, end up in the worst uh, whiteout I've been a part of uh, for the last night, and it was it lasted maybe like three hours. We got caught on this art car, and our solution to ride out was uh, eat gummy worms and do Molly. Uh, that was our solution to surviving this whole thing. It was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, really make this better is uh, you know more drugs and uh, candy. That'll make you feel a lot better. So, literally. Three hours sitting on Charlie the Unicorn and just uh, badgering everyone around us. Like, ah, you know, being a little fucking drug monsters. But everyone's caught the storm, so they can't leave us. So it's like a perfect situation for me. <laughs> everyone's just trapped around me. And at some point, I'm just deciding, like, okay, like, this is getting excessive. We've been out here for forever. Um, let's get out of here. I don't care how bad the storm is. Let's just ride toward where we think Robot Heart's going to be. Because Robot Heart is a very popular art car. I don't know if you've been there, but it's like... Uh, it's where the rich people go on the last morning. Every morning, actually. But because, um, I'll get to that in a second. I uh, didn't bring goggles. Uh, so I was, fortunately, did enough drugs that I could ride face first into the store with my eyes wide open and not even fucking feel it. So I was just riding through like, ha, ha. <laughs> And my friend behind me was like fucking like going like he couldn't even like drive straight and he had his like stuff on. I was just all, you know, I was I was in it to win it. And uh eventually get there and I realized that, you know, like I said, normally this is where the pace for all the rich people go. This is like the nice the nice uh the nice art car, nice camp, blah blah blah. Uh turns out it was only the tweakers left. It was only the people like me that had weathered the storm and decided to like stick through and so everyone there was looked like fucking casper because we're all covered in dust and uh everyone there was just like gacked out of their minds and that's like that's the people that are left at robot Hard on this last morning and i'm like you know what Fuck it, whatever I, I i i did this i'm gonna i'm gonna go through with it i stick around for like three hours and at some point i made an acquaintance with this guy who wasn't really using words he was more just kind of like laughing and like bug-eyed and i thought i was tweaking and this guy was outrageous uh, he changed clothes twice during the three-hour period uh, without going home. He brought two changes of clothes and just ran off in the middle and then came back with a change of clothes. So I was tripping. I was like, is this, uh, is this going on right? And he doesn't say anything. He's just cackling at me. At one point, I see him uh, rolling around on the ground eating dust. And I was like, okay, I'm very sad that I ever talked to this guy. Like, this, this is trending badly. And so I kind of try to, like, separate from him, And uh, I uh, end up, I'm just kind of, like, dancing by myself. Like, they're serving noodles over here. Like, oh, this is nice. It's chill. I'm, like, kind of, like, smoking joints and, like, trying to relax a bit. Uh, This guy full on blindside tackles me. Like, so I play rugby. I know how to take a hit. And this guy fucking rocked me. Like, I didn't see him coming one bit. Hit me so hard. Hat flies off. He runs away with my hat. Um, and that's the last I saw that guy for another hour and a half. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I would have normally just written off that hat, but literally that was my dead grandpa's hat and he had died that year. I was like, I should probably go get that one. (laughs) Uh, so I had to spend another hour and a half tracking down this fucking tweaker. And like, it was like, I had to like sneak up on him. It was like a fucking safari. Like I was like, like weaving through the crowd of people because I didn't want to attract his attention. But I had to like sneak up and like grab this hat off the top of his head, and it was a fucking mess. But I finally do it. It was like a yeah, pounce like a tiger, get the fuck out of there, hightail it. Um, Turns out I'm still pretty high, and I'm not going to sleep anytime soon. In fact, I don't go to sleep, but that's neither here nor there. But I uh, it's probably like 9 a.m., and I'm riding back on the uh, Esplanade, and I hear in the distance, I hear Black Sabbath playing. I'm like, oh, fuck. Fuck yeah. Somebody's playing Black Sabbath right now. We've been listening to this house bullshit for 13 hours straight. <laughs> Finally. And I sigh, like, I'm sorry. I started gravitating towards it and I see somebody has set up a ramp with a bunch of fire in front of it. I'm just like You know, I have to make a quick decision. And that decision is yes. And so I immediately just hit it as fast I just start peeling as fast as I can, hit the ramp, clear it. And apparently no one was watching because I was the first person to hit that the entire time. They were yelling at people to do it the whole time. I was the first person that was fucked up enough to actually try it. Because when I look back on it, it was like the jankiest ramp I had ever seen. Like, I really should have taken Eden face first into a pile of coals. <laughs> and it uh, turns out I did it. What I did do was break my bike. So uh had to, like, my handlebars, basically, like, bet my handlebars like down to the frame, and so I had to like ride back, like looking like this the whole time, all like gacked out, like ah. I ha, must ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it was, a, it, was a, it was quite a sight. Okay, what else do I got? Um, tiny hand. Oh, um, another another fun shroom story. Uh, but I guess maybe the the where the tiny hands helped me out most. I I really have a soft spot for tiny hands because they helped me meet some of most beautiful women I've ever met in my life. Uh, again, at this party district, uh, tiny hand, and I was drinking out of a pineapple, which is like Hora pineapple and uses my cup, because uh, people like fucking glit, get, you, get you shit like that there. It makes everyone like, oh, why didn't I think of that? It's like, oh, because you don't think. Uh, uh, it's really simple, and everything tastes like pineapple, and that's, that's wonderful. So I... Um, I'm at the top of the district, I'm drinking another pineapple, I'm playing with a tiny hand, and these women come up to me, and again, I'm shrooming, so I'm like, are these women real? Are they like this gorgeous, or am I just really fucked up? And turns out they uh, were club promoters for Hakkasan in Las Vegas, and if you don't know what Hakkasan is, it's a tr- really popular club with really beautiful women, so as soon as they told me that, I knew that I wasn't tripping, and they were... Loving it. I don't know what cologne I had on that day, or the you know, ode to fucking garbage, or what it what must have smelled like at that point, but I was killing it. Everything I said was hilarious, at least to me. Um, and at some point, these women are very clearly interested in me, and my friend with us, and they had some guys with them, and uh, you know, they were giving us a side eye, like, hey guys, get the fuck out of here. And I obviously was not registering that at all. And uh, at one point, I just, they they ask us, like, hey, guys, we're going to go check out some like the kink camps later. Uh, what are you guys up to? And I look at my friend and I go, because I'm super fucked up, I just go, I think we're going to go home and eat some chili.
2: <laughs>
8: and like, it's like an out of body experience when I like look back on it now. I'm just like, are you that stupid? Like yeah I am I am that stupid literally had like models saying hey do you want to go to a kink cap like no I'm gonna go eat some Amy's chili (laughs) that's all I told them like no explanation and I started walking away and they were just like what the fuck (laughs) and somehow we like run into them like a second later and they're like alright well goodbye and they come up and start kissing me and I'm like oh yeah yeah they're into it and then one of them pulls my head back and spits in my mouth. Oh,
2: God.
8: And I was like... (laughs) I was like, I didn't know I was into this until this moment. (laughs) I guess there's a certain level of hot that you have to be to just spit in my mouth when I don't remember your first name, but they had it. And uh, still walked away from that. Still managed to just completely ditch the most beautiful woman that ever probably have talked to me. Uh, for longer than five minutes and said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go eat some fucking chili. Oh, man. Dan, any others? No, a minute left. Uh, Why don't you talk about your (laughs) (laughs) backflip? Well, yeah, so last year... Yeah, so uh, the first thing I did last year, um, I like to roll around in just underwear because it's hot. Uh, And... First thing we do, I ask Monday, take a hit, we roll out, we see a foam pit, and I get very excited, much like a small animal, or a dog, or a kid, or something like that. I see a foam pit, and I just get incredibly excited, pretty much ghost ride my bike, like out of the way, like, get the fuck out of here, sprint to the, to the pit, with my backpack still on, front flip into the pit, backpack explodes, and my things go everywhere, um, including drugs including water and including uh, pretty much all my necessities for the day so uh, I became his responsibility <laughs> after that for the next uh, eight hours and that was he never he'll never give let me live that down so <laughs> I guess that's all I got thanks for listening to me ramble guys
0: <clears throat> Marty Gunning Where's, is he the only one that was there this year? Is every, every everyone else was oh, There we go. Uh, I'll leave you guys with this. The most disturbing thing I saw in 2007, in the middle of the night, was uh, I looked into the playa and I saw a bike being ridden by a man on fire, and we all started freaking out. We're like, "That guy's on fire!" But it was really just an asshole in a black suit, who on the back of his, so he's riding the bike in front in a black suit and he lit something on fire, a person and he made it look like it was riding the bike. It was the scariest fucking, I was like, this is not an art project. This is just to scare the fuck out of everybody. Like I'm on drugs going like, that person's on fire. And we all start looking we're like, ah, ah. And then we looked closer we're like, oh, it's, it's a really bad playa practical joke. I don't know if you guys have seen that before, it's fun. Uh, last thing, guys, I'll leave you with one time. One of the most fun things I ever did on the playa, uh, we pretended that we were a film crew, but we weren't. We had like, we had like um, pieces of garbage and stuff, and like things, and we were pretending like we were. We'd go in and we had a rubber ball, and we'd be like, "Oh, we need to do your makeup," and we'd hit him in the face, and we were like interviewing people with like like a paper towel roll inside and people were getting really serious about it. We had like an invisible person that was like, no, I got to get this shot. There were no cameras and we had like people convinced that we were filming them. They just like, everyone just sort of believed our reality, we're like, we're filming you guys, got to do the makeup, banging them in the face of the ball and they're like, oh, do I look okay? I'm like, what is wrong with these people? It was fun. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight Yay! for Decompression. I hope you've had a good time. Uh, we do this every Friday. We have shows here at Mutiny Radio on Pam Tess's Comedy Clubhouse. Next week is Hell Hat, which is really fun audience. Puts uh, suggestions into a hat and the comedians magically pull them out of a hat and turn them into comedy. Uh, and then on the 22nd, we have next which is a speed dating show. Annette Mulaney's on that again. Uh, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, you are on that show. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try to have everybody be single. We're going to speed date. You're on that show too, Marty. Uh, they're going to speed date people from the audience and then do material. And you don't look like a pedophile anymore. I know, but you still should wear your sparkle pants. The very first one of these we did, he got chosen as like the winner from the soccer mom. She was like, he's hot. And they like, did you guys ever go on a date? Yeah. You did? How'd it go? Uh dating is his friend. Sure, she came over. Right on. She does the whole thing where she was like, I'm 41 and I want to get laid. Pam, put a show together for me. Done and done, my friend. Come on the 22nd. Thanks so much for being here. Yay, Good night. (laughs)
7: Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from eight to ten. Book your event now. me
5: but boy how it burns me whenever she touched me and I feel so
0: Wanna spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laps, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee slapping, side splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead! Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family.
9: Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free!
5: You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open 7 Nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or oh, later. Count off a son. You're fucking I'll change it changed like three times in <laughs> the course yeah. of
2: that.
6: try has already been done before and there's nothing really you can do about it. So remember to avoid taking risks and to whisper into feathers together in the dark. It's the right thing to do and viewers like you.
7: When well, the circus is in town, it's time for a train ride. The best Circus Town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze, squad to elephant, see? Look on the train with the Circus Promise. It's
2: intense. Vacation. Vacation.
1: Concentration. You're listening to Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party tonight. All right, folks. As you know,
0: as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips, and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork.
3: Man, you should go to JohnStraussLaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney.
4: When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And
0: best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket.
3: Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business. It's personal. Injury.
0: JohnStraussLaw.com